Yeah. Yeah. Chaz vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look. I don't even know where to start. I took the rawest form of expression and turned it to art. My verses weapons like Tony, that's Montana and Stark. And I don't care about these haters, they just playing their part. Cameras rolling, I ain't trying to mess with the order. They say a sorta, kinda decent with it, I was like sorta. See, they dumb their compliments down cause they don't feel important. I just feel bad, they really try to hide the distortion. Look, you don't really gotta say nothing. Cause I already know, disabled, handicapped, I was still running. I hate you, gotta force them just to feel something. Acting like they down with you like you about to film something like i'm dealing with some theater lasers i'm reiterating the dialogue seeing the pages i look at the fortune and things you really need to be famous i can be nameless i got the talent passion you name it appreciate you guys for listening of course it's your boy chris j guten tag all right uh episode 56 so in case you've been living under the rock first time listening or and or i just haven't listened a long time uh we start every episode off with uh NBA players that wore the number fifty six. Uh well a number. Sorry, not a number fifty six, but that number of the episode and the number of a player who wore it. And this is pretty pathetic for fifty six because I don't know who none of these niggas are. Uh we got Francisco Elson. He played for the Denver Nuggets from oh four through oh six. Um, then Brandon Hunter, he played for the Boston Celtics in 2004. And then I'm kind of familiar with Sean Williams. He played for the Celtics in, uh, 2012. So a bunch of crap, a bunch of crap. Definitely. Yeah. So it'd be that way. Not even crackers. I mean, crap, like trash. Oh yeah. Like, no, they're not white. Um, but yeah, so also, uh, if you guys hear the ball being thrown in the background, watching Colin Kaepernick's with quotation marks workout because it's like this niggas is at a park just throwing the ball with the homies. Um, so, but we ain't gonna talk about that messy ass situation. But let's go ahead and get right into the NBA. Um, pretty decent week in terms of basketball. Decent amount of stuff happened. The main big news being the return of Paul George. And Paul George came back after uh, getting double shoulder surgery uh, because I think he fully tore one rotator cuff and the other one was partially torn. So, for one, round of applause for just seeing Paul George come back like that. But clap, clap. Uh, came back individually. He looked good. Definitely good individual performance. Clippers lost the game, unfortunately, but Kawhi Leonard did sit down. And Patrick Beverly did sit down as well. Uh, let me see. If I, he came back Thursday night, right? Yeah, against the Pelicans. Uh, and they lost to a Pelicans team that didn't have Brandon Ingram and or Brandon Ingram. Lonzo wasn't playing, and of course Zion is still out. Uh, but Paul George had 33, nine rebounds, four assists, uh, 10 for 17 shooting, 10 for 10 from the free throw line, three from five from three. Overall, like that's a good first start to come back from. Like really strong effort. Um, really good strong performance in my book. He looked good, looked comfortable. Like he started off guns a blazing to me. So um it's really good to see uh George back. He looks healthy. And dang, he only played twenty four minutes on top of that. So like thirty three and twenty four minutes is really good. Really freaking good. Um but 
uh, before we go any further on it, what, what was your thoughts of Paul George? Well, that's really simple for me. That nigga good. Nigga cold. Team size ass, though. That nigga cold. Yeah, definitely agree. Um, the Clippers haven't played a game since. I think they played tonight. Who they got tonight? Because I'm sure they have a game tonight. They haven't played it. Yeah, they got the Hawks tonight. So, more than likely, Kawhi, Pat Beth should be back for this game with Paul George. So, we get to see them fully full strength or the closest to Ooh. full strength. They about to um, clap this team, bro. Yeah, they, they should. Let's put it this way. Like, they should. Like, they're going against a bunch of rookies and Trey Young. So, and Trey Young is cold, but um, if any idea of how uh, James Harden and Westbrook did, Pat Bev, Trey Young probably gonna get that man uh, that work. Probably gonna get that man at work, but um, but just from this one game, I'm gonna say this makes me question a lot about the Clippers' death, or well, what what would be considered one of their greatest strengths was their death. Because when they have to start Lou Will and Montrezl Harrell, that bench is absolutely booty cheeks. Absolutely booty cheeks. Like, um, like seriously, I, I, for one, I don't know why they've been starting Harrell over Zubac lately, and Zubac hasn't been bad. Like, I'm very confused about that. Um, and shout to the uh, Hoops and Brews podcast since they cover a lot of Clippers games. They're very utmost confused about it as well because it makes no sense to take one of your best bench pieces off the bench and start him just so he could play 36 minutes against starters for most of the game instead of against bench niggas. So, and then on top of it, he let freaking Derek Favors give him 20-20. That's a dialogue in itself. That is a very important dialogue we need to say. Um... But yeah, overall, uh, I'm the Clippers is so weird because yeah, they have a winning record. They're set, well, they're seven and five. But when they lose, they don't look good. Like I think, like they're old. They they haven't won a game without Kawhi yet, and it's it don't they like outside of Lou Will just chucking up shots, and I'm pretty sure once. This game against the Hawks is going to really dictate how. To me, it's going to really dictate how much this game, this team is really going to play. Because I feel like defensively, they're going to be better. But Montrez and Lou Will's shot attempts is going to drop drastically to me. And I want to know how they're going to feel about it. Because I think Montrez is already the odd man out in terms of getting traded. I think that's why they're trying to start him now to up his trade value. But. It's like, gee, those two are really not that effective unless they're getting the ball in hand in my book. So, like, what's your thoughts on the Clippers as of right now? I just think they have a horrible rebounding problem. I think Montrezl Harrell is overrated. And I think um, that the team chemistry is always going to be flawed just because of fucking Kawhi's low management. It's going to be very hard for each game to – for like every other game, you have your best player. Then you don't have him. Then you have him. Then you don't have him. Then you have him. Then you don't have him. That's stupid. That's extremely stupid to me. I really don't care how bad his kneecap is. Tell the truth. Quiet. Um, just tell us. Uh, quiet. Just tell us the injury. Because as long as you don't tell us the injury, as long as we feel like he's just resting because he don't want to play. And I know 
uh, it's better to play as do that longevity and things like that. But literally, what is he doing? I, I, I honestly just want to know that. But other than that, it's team team is good. It's probably a, a, a legit solid playoff team, if you know what I mean, kind of like how the Cavs were in which they really didn't care about the regular season. and But the moment it hit the playoffs, it was kind of like, yeah, get out the way, pretty boy coming through. So, um, that's, yeah. that's not a bad analogy, yeah. So, who knows, you know? It's but, not a bad um, analogy, but the reason why I just like the kind of role with your low management take with Kawhi hits – Nigga, that pass wasn't that beautiful, but cool. Um, but um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, like I just don't like how the Clippers are doing the load management with Kawhi compared, like compared to the Raptors. Like, I think we didn't make a big deal of it with the Raptors because the Raptors were still winning games, and I don't recall them resting resting him like three times in week twelve games into the season. Mm-hmm. Like they. Like, there was nights where they would, like, restrict his minutes, like, where he wouldn't play no more than, like, 30, maybe 25 minutes a game. And then on back-to-backs and then, like, every other back-to-back, he probably wouldn't play every back-to-back, which is reasonable, of course. Like, that's expected. But they were, I feel like they did it a lot better. And plus, they were winning games. With the Clippers, the spotlight is on them. So, yeah. even more compared to, like, the Raptors, it was like, Muggs was like, yeah, the Raptors is cool, but we don't believe them, even if they do got Kawhi. The same team plus Kawhi Leonard. Um, but I just don't like how the Clippers are doing it. And then, like, don't sit there and say it's his knee. We know it's his quad. That quad is degenerating. On, and that has been the story with it since the Spurs situation. He has a degenerating quad. So... Yes, we know he's not going to play every game. He's not going to look the same every game. And when he do play, there's like he's going to look slower. And then fourth quarters, he look good all of a sudden. That's just been how he's been these past couple of seasons. So with me, the Clippers have to do it a lot better. I feel like they're just resting him just to rest him. And that's not the smart thing to do in my book. That's just me looking at it. But I like I agree with what you said. Like they... Like they are similar to the Cavaliers, where they could turn it up uh, by the time the playoffs start, but it's risky because you still have a chemistry to build with this team. And that was a take that I hate that a lot of people don't realize they made with this Clippers team, where it's like, oh, you're just throwing Kawhi Leonard and Paul George onto this team. It is still going to be some growing pains. Yeah. It's expected to be some growing pains, like the growing pains that people put on the Lakers. It's happening to the Clippers. And what people will say, well, like people wasn't expecting the Lakers to be that good defensively. While the Clippers were going to be world beaters on defense, the Lakers are the world beaters on, on defense. While the Clippers is kind of looking like the more, well, at times they look like the good offensive team than defense. But they turn it up mm. on the fourth quarter. And I'm like, I can't buy it with this team. But the main weakness is they – there's, that front court defense is very shaky, and your best front court defender, I feel like Zubak is a better front court defender than Montrezl Harold to me, to me at the very least. So you're not starting him. So most teams gonna be like, well, 
he is arguably the weak link on defense. And if you're going to also start Lou Will, we're going to attack Lou Will. Like, Lou Will don't get cooked on defense, but he's not a good defender. He tries, but it's trying can only get you so much when it comes to defense in my book. Um, So you got, so your supposed world-beating defense now has a chink in armor because teams know who to attack. Which is why who, who? a lot of times their best defensive lineup involves no Lou Will on the court. In my book. Or in no Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell is just very overrated to me defensively. Just very. He's he just a, hustles. He looks he's like extremely, he, He's extremely overrated to me in general. Mm-hmm. Just like he's like, a good hustle uh, player. Like he He's like Tristan Thompson with a better offensive package. Just keep him on the bench, though. Like, I don't understand how they're not keeping him on the bench. He is not a starting caliber center at all. Derek Favors gave him 20-20. Niggas don't get that that often, bro. Yeah, like, he can score. Like, like I give Macho, he can score, but it's mostly off hustle. It's not like he in pick and rolls. Like, he is a more offensive version than Tristan Thompson. And... <laughs> If you're listening, you got a problem with that. That's just what I see. Like if you, I watched a decent amount of Cleveland basketball, so I know what a what what Tristan Thompson was. He got his boards. He scored off lobs. Montrezl Harrell kind of does the same thing, but he kind of he has a little more flair with his offensive game. So he gets thirty, and then probably luckily ten rebounds off hustle. That's just me. Like, he's no different than Clint Capella as well. Better than Clint Capella slightly, but still. Like, all I know is I think he's going to be the odd man out when the Clippers realize, okay, we're not about to pay him. Flip him. They want to flip him. Like, he, like you can't pay him because he's going to command. There's going to be a team foolish enough to give him a max or near max. And you already have to pay Kawhi and Paul George. Lou Will's still... You know, Lou will, have, Lou will, you got to keep Lou Will because he has a very, for what you're getting from Lou Will, especially offensively, his contract is worth it. Like, think he's getting 10 mil a year. Pat Bev gets paid more than him. That speaks for itself. So, and also teams are starting to realize that uh, we can leave Pat Bev open on three. Like, we'll take our chances. Like, teams are starting to figure out little ways to come at this team and all of that and I'm just looking to see how they're going to figure it out because they I'm, I'm just hoping Steven Adams is on uh, speed dial for them that should be collision course that should be the collision course for them niggas but that's just me looking at it so um, you want to add anything before we move on well I'll move on we'll on now alright so uh, who, what else? I'm sorry. Let me pull up the. Oh yeah, so let's talk about the Spurs as well. Let's stay on the West Coast. Um, so Spurs isn't looking too good either. They're currently, uh, let me look at their record. They are currently five and seven. So they're under five hundred. If the playoffs will start today, they would not be a playoff team. They would be the tenth seed, fighting for a lottery thing. And it's already rumors buzzing that DeRozan is on the trade block. Um, Ouch. It is very unfortunate. Um, 
but he is on the last year of his contract as well. So if you're the Spurs, I'm not shocked that DeRozan's back on the trade block, but also you want to get something. It's over with. Oh, that's what's up. Um, so yeah, if you're like if you're the Spurs, it's like we already know what we can do with Lamarcus being our lone star. Maybe we can get something for the Knicks. At least we we know we can get some more young pieces, maybe a pick or two on top of it. And like there is rumors that the Magic are interested because the Magic, if we look at the Magic, they're the seventh seed in the East, but they're five and seven. They will make the playoffs cool. East if the in the East if the playoffs started today. Um, yeah. And we thought they'll be a little bit better, but. It's only so much that Vukovic could probably do on his lonesome because, and then yeah, it's Vukovic. Aaron Gordon hasn't shown no signs of being a better player either. Um, and if you were the Magic, who do you get rid of to get the Rosen? Mm. You know, crazy thing is Eric Fournier. Definitely. You probably you probably gotta get it with a Jonathan Isaac. It's between mm. Jonathan Isaac and um Eric Gordon. Not Eric Gordon, Aaron Gordon. Stupid ass names. Aaron Gordon. Uh just because you need like whatchamacallit. Um oh, don't 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 mind me right now. I just fucking screamed. <laughs> in my head because fucking Star Wars game and the way that it goes with this puzzle. But I'm finally getting it now. But, um... Where the fuck the ball go? Oh, there you go. Um... But, yeah, uh... Stop! Hold on. Give me a second. Oh, yeah, because you... As much as I like to slander DeMar DeRozan like the rest, um, he still is worth a lot, and I just want to—I just want to see what he can do if he plays with like a, like a superstar caliber player, like a superstar caliber point guard. Not—that <laughs> sounds disrespectful, but not, uh, <laughs> not Cal Loud. You know what I mean? Like uh, a point guard that's gonna—I don't know. What I said just a point guard that's just dominant, or he played with somebody like James Harden. Some like some real, real good players. I, I would love to see how what will go down if you do that. I could low key see DeRozan with the with the uh, Rockets. They would have to give up. They have nothing to give up. Yeah, the thing. It, no, you could just flip freaking PJ Tucker, Eric Gordon. Fuck y'all, bye, mm, nigga. For what? Who would take that, bro? Spurs like playoffs, man. <laughs> I'm like, bro, they like playoffs. Yeah, look, G, it, like, if I'm, thing is, if I'm the Spurs, I'd definitely say hell no because, for one, the Spurs are a very smart, small market uh, team. They're not going to take those contracts. You're stuck Whoa. with Eric Gordon making 20 mil for the next three years. Only person I can see taking Eric Gordon is um, the Lakers, but the contract is too Even much. Even then, in case no. they want another, in case they want just another knockdown 
shooter, which he can be. He just asks when you need more from him. Uh, uh, he's, he's, he's best when he just sitting there like, I'm going to make these shots when James Harden get double teamed. Same thing with P.J. Tucker. James Harden really not getting double teamed no more because of the threat. that I just think getting rid of CP3 was a horrible decision, bro. It changes. Looking like, back on it. Yeah. It changes like, the defense. Yeah, because he was the the like it was like okay he was cool with letting Harden run run the uh, offense, yeah. but then it's like damn defensively we kind of booty oh uh, damn <laughs> exactly so, yeah like they missed Chris Paul in that aspect then uh I don't know how we got to the Rockets but uh but plus um yeah trading but Russ. Is just too passive to me, um, offensively. Like I would say, like he's not he's not been bad defensively. He's been really solid on defense this year. But with Russ, like especially when we was watching the game with the Pacers last night, and they let that white boy plus one Negro uh, trio just give them a run, um, give them buckets, give them buckets, pure buckets. Like Jesus Christ, like you let a man named Leaf give you buckets. I want you to sit down and think about that, G. A man name is Leaf. Leaf. Give you buckets. Exactly. So, come on now, G. Like, they they missed out on a really like, like I feel like they missed Chris Paul, and they also chose to what's the word? Capstrap themselves by getting, by giving that money to Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker thinking like it's going to work for the long term and it's really not. And it's unfortunate. Really unfortunate. But to go back to the uh to the Spurs situation, like I would definitely look into like trading DeRozan if it means I can get like I definitely want either Aaron Gordon or Jonathan Isaac. I think the Magic don't want to get rid of Jonathan Isaac. He's looking Yeah, really Jonathan good. Isaac looking too good to me. Yeah, that's looking, looking really like good. if KD came into the league, but instead of just having unstoppable offense, he had unstoppable defense and <laughs> later in his career, like KD yeah. gained that defense later in his career. Like, because that nigga Jonathan Isaac is really freaking good. Just plays on man, though. Yeah. Pretty much, but like I really and he's been putting up some crazy stat lines. Like he'll have like fifteen, mm. seven assists, eight rebounds, two steals, Four and steals three blocks. Or like yeah, some shit yeah. like that, bro. Like, gee, they're my like, nice stats. Yeah, like for he's giving you everything. So it's once again goes back to a can we get a better team? <laughs> like they need a score. Like with the Magic, they need a score badly. And DeRozan can give them that, cause hold on, let me. I want to see what Terrence Ross is doing. <laughs> hold on, I'm just curious. Cause Look, know, you know, that's nice. Gee, they gave. Cause Terrence Ross ever played for the Spurs? No, he hasn't. Thinking about it, but Terrence Ross is averaging ten this year. They gave that man money this year. I want to look at his contract. Hold on, I'm about to pull this shit up. Cause I'm really curious. Cause like, I know they gave I guess that man the bag. I guess they weren't trying to get rid of Terrence Ross, in my understanding. But that was a young money no-no in my book. Yeah, cause I, I was saying that 
They gave that man $54 million. <sighs> to give me 10 points. Eight assists. Just one assist. And barely a steal. While shooting 35% from the field goal. And 27% from the three. Remember boy looking like boot cheeks. Looking straight like butt cheeks. Straight like butt cheeks. I am disgusted. Yes, I am too. Like, bro. I am too. Like, they didn't have to give him that type of money, bro. Like, he's still in checks. He's all time ski mask. Like, all time ski mask. Just for, for that, G. But, um, but yeah, like, I, if the package I will honestly offer definitely has involved Evan Fournier. Uh, he's from France, like Tony Parker. Um, so, Bruh, uh, so gonna play a big fat pop and look at that and be like, exactly. He loves his foreign niggas. Um, and plus, Evan Fournier has been on the trading block for the Magic forever, <laughs> forever. At this point, um, I was talking to some of my homies at school, and one of my homies, Nate. Shout out if you're listening, Nate. One of my homies, Nate. He was saying he said one good thing. Uh, the Magic has very great players, and they draft really good. They always do. They just don't know how to develop. <laughs> they just do not know how to develop mm-hmm. players. Bro. They got lucky with Vucevic being just a, a, a real nigga out the gate. Yeah. but like, like the I remember Vucevic used to give Miami problems. We're talking about big three Miami. Vuc- like well, Vucevic still gives Bron, bro. I remember when he put that boy Bron at center, dog. Die, bro. G. Nigga, die. Vucevich was giving Brian them things. G. All you was cracking up. That happened. Jotic did the same thing to that nigga before too. Yeah, like that was that that Cleveland. That was LeBron last year at Cleveland. That man was like, "And fuck defense, G. I I got to score, but go ahead and let me guard the center. Hope for the best." (laughs) That that used to kill me, bro. That nigga used to get spin cycled, bro. It was wild, G. But, but yeah, just the Evan Fournier has to be in the package. I'm not giving up Jonathan Isaac. You can hold my Nuggets. Um, take Aaron Gordon and his 14 point. Damn, this is really sad when you look at this. 14 oh, points Gordon. and six rebounds and three assists, shooting 44 percent from the uh, field goal. Yeah. And and I take Mobamba. They might as well get rid of Mo Bamba. Yeah, I just go ahead, like, bye. And the Spurs can just probably give up some random foreign center that they can use to replace them with. Bertans. I think Bertans shoots dang near close to 45% from three. Huh. I'm not, if I'm pop, I'm all about <laughs> random white boy who can shoot with, contest, whether it's contested, heavily contested, 100% smothered, that much from going in. So. <laughs> Like I can see him staying, but um, yeah, I'm definitely looking to take. I'm, I'm I definitely need Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, and if you want to juice the pot up, give me Mo Bamba. Like I'm sure Pop can fix Mo Bamba because I do looking really uh like a bust right now, and it's really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Top five pick, right? Yep, top five pick. Definitely a top five pick. Because honestly, like Spurs, do they have a center they can just get rid of? Because I'm sure they'll need a center. Yeah, I'll give them that Lucas Semenik. No, he needs, he's not even playing. Never mind. 
So he's probably not even with the team. Um, let's see. Chimezi Mitu. Yeah, he can go with uh, DeRozan. Bye. But, yeah, like, I feel like, and then I think it would help the Spurs a lot in a way. Aaron Gordon brings athleticism. Um, Evan Fournier brings scoring. And he can play make as well. Because it's just, they need, uh, it's just, I, I think the DeRozan thing just isn't working. And I think DeRozan just fits with the Magic because he gets to be ball dominant. The only other person who's going to hold the ball with the Magic is, honestly, uh, DJ Augustine and uh, Markel Fultz. Matter of fact, how is he doing right now, matter of fact? Who, Markel? Yeah, I mean, what's his stat line? Oh, he's averaging close to 10 a game. That's not bad. Why well, shooting 45%? That is not bad. He can't. He still can't shoot a three worth a damn. Shooting 16%. But that's still pretty good, though. Like, he probably... He would be shooting close to 50 if his three-point percentage wasn't so low. Man, that's tough. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Markel looking good. And I feel like losing Evan Fournier will at least bump him to the starting spot. I'll start him. And then you run uh, Jonathan Isaac at the four and DeRozan at the three. And you mm-hmm. good. But, yeah, so, uh, anything we want to add in regard to this? Oh, yeah, uh, so. Yeah, so something I'm like, do we have With all the adjustments we made on them teams, and if everything goes right, they both will still be fucked. Well, the Magic is still be in the playoffs, honestly. It's <laughs> looking like that pop streak dome, bro. <laughs> them is getting ran through, dog. Man, they getting ran through, bro. So, you. Well, that makes me actually want to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves because they are still over five hundred. Even though he lost, he lost a stupid game yesterday. That nigga, that nigga gave my wagon game. Them nigga buckets. Yeah, G. Like even though, like outside of this one game, the Timberwolves have looked pretty good, especially Wiggins. Especially Wiggins, G. Like, and I would say that's the main reason why they're over five hundred. Cat being playing God tier basketball, but also Wiggins stepping up. And no cap. They wanna have they wanna be a number two seed. They go to a number two seed this year. I give Cat MVP. You got to. You have to. Like you definitely have to. Um and it's making me kinda don't wanna trade uh Wiggins for D Especially since D just freaking sprained his thumb. Also, uh, it's been a crap ton of hand injuries this year. So far this year, I don't know why, but niggas is about to start having to tape up fingers or something like it's football, G. Cause G, y'all tweaking. Um, like prayers for D-Lo. Get well. Um, come back when you're ready. The Warriors is trying to tank it all, so uh, I need to add a tank tank sound to the soundboard. But. I dodged. Shout out to Dave for playing Star Wars. Stupid monsters. Shout out to Star Wars. Um, but yeah, back to the Timberwolves though. Um, but if I had to uh, put, like, just looking at the Timberwolves right now, they are overall one of the uh, more shocking teams in the league. If the season was to end today, twelve games in, unfortunately. Cat will honestly be um, in my uh, top five for MVP. And Wiggins will probably make a case for most improved player. 
Like just most improved head is sketchy for me because somebody have a bad two seasons and they have one good one they can get most improved. Well, the thing is with Wiggins, it's not necessarily he's been bad. It's been more mid. And like he got like his first two seasons, he was averaging over twenty. Well, his first year he was averaging I think close to twenty. Then second year he was averaging like twenty two, twenty three. It was just he was horrible defensively. But this year he just looks a little bit more comfortable as a player, if that makes sense. And I would make a case he can be in most improved player. Like I wouldn't say he deserves to win it, because if I had to pick somebody. I would say um, you may have to give it to Siakam again because the nigga is playing <laughs> even better. Is he averaging 28 right now? Hold on. Let's, let's look at my boy Pascal G. Cause that be That boy different, bro. And he exactly. got that Raptors team playing like fucking Josh. That G to 8 and 3. And, they, and he beat the Lakers. <laughs> Somebody said on Twitter, and I'm beginning to believe. I hate to say it. Well, look like Celtics versus Raptors in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals, bro. We'll Celtics up there playing. Celtics up there playing Harlem Road try the ball. And, we'll talk and, about them niggas shortly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Pascal's averaging twenty-seven, oh. <laughs> 27, nine, nine rebounds, four assists, barely touching a steal, and half a block. While shooting forty nine, he's pretty much shooting fifty percent and thirty eight percent from three, eighty five percent free throw shooting. That boy hooping, mm-hmm. <laughs> that boy hooping, and he has a legitimate case to win Most Improved Player again because it's, it's like he's about to be an All Star, and he will be, he will get some MVP votes. He Definitely. deserves some MVP votes, honestly. Um. But yeah, but the, back to the Timberwolves. But I'm really impressed. Like I was never one of those people to say Wiggins was a bust. I'm just mm-hmm. one of those guys that say he can be better. He's been mid, and I think he finally shook off the feeling of getting traded for Kevin Love, and finally decided to say, you know what? Let me do what I do best, which is score. I'm not a guy to defend it that people thought I was coming into the league. I don't know why people thought that. Like, when I think back in Kansas, he wasn't all that defensively either. So, but he has a really good offensive package. He developed his offensive package to be more effective because he he looks a lot more comfortable scoring again, even though Jimmy's gone. But, and Derrick Rose isn't there either uh, to take shots away from him. But I think it's more, he learns he's more effective as a volume scorer where he got to get like 18, 20 attempts, which is ridiculous either way. But, as long as he gets his shots up, he's going to be effective on the court. And as long as them bitches going in. Yeah, as long as they go in, shoot. Like, if you go if you go 13 for 20, I'm cool with that. If you go 10 for 20, I'm cool with that. 9 for 20, if you ain't getting free throws with it, I'm going to be a little disappointed. That's just me. That's just how I look at it. But, like, if as long as he's shooting over 45%, which I think he... Is. Let me just double check this. So I want to make sure we get factual information on threes from the ring. Yeah, he's shooting over 
damn, that nigga is, so his averages right now is 26, 5, 4. So he's, his playmaking's gotten better. I give him that. And he's averaging over a block, which is really freaking good. But he's, uh, Ooh. at 48% from field goal, 37, 36% from three. Really freaking good. Like, that's, like, he's over all his averages so far this season. So, I feel like he has a case for most improved player. So, like, I just, like, I really hope the Timberwolves continue to do what they do. I don't want to see this uh, Spurs. I want to see the Spurs make the playoffs because I'm a pop guy. But if the Timberwolves do it, then all I'm going to say is makes the uh, the no, this has nothing to do with you. I'm pausing the game right now. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But uh, but if the Timberwolves continue this run of decent basketball, I think the the young the future of the West is just going to continue to be dominant in terms of when you got teams like the Mavericks, Timberwolves, Phoenix. Yeah, Denver's still pretty young West as well. Denver's still young, and the Pelicans are still up and coming. Like it's still more to come with them, but. Like once you talk like, to an extent, because it's just Donovan Mitchell. It's just Donovan Mitchell. That's the sad part. Um, How old is Rudy Gobert? Thirty. He's a little bit over thirty. Let me see. Watch this nigga be 27, 26. You gonna be like, huh? This nigga twenty six. Yo, he's a year. Exactly. He's a year older than me. He is twenty seven. Exactly. Exactly, bro. I told you, bro. <laughs> Men's I know thought these this nigga things, was yeah? 30. <laughs> Men's know these things. I gotta walk because I tore my freaking Achilles. <sighs> nigga, you wouldn't be walking if you tore your Achilles. I'm a savage, bro. Hey, man. Well, Kobe did walk off and shot a free throw. Niggas got horny off of it. So, hey, man, go crazy. So, but. Clay Thompson did jumping jacks off of <laughs> after he turned freaking tears ACL. Nigga didn't jump in Jack said, I can go out there and can play. That doctor was like, no, you're not. <laughs> you better sit your ass down. <laughs> you got plans for next season? <laughs> you ain't playing. Exactly. You want $20 million, right? Yeah. <laughs> sit your ass down. Sit your ass down. But yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I'm really impressed by the Timberwolves. And uh, before we go back to talk about the East, um, how about them Dallas Mavericks? Because you have the hot take regarding uh, Porzingis. Oh, that nigga garbage. <laughs> and my, <laughs> close my case. No, I don't know what's up with that nigga, though. You think it'd be an instant? And it's not. It's like in the fourth quarter. He is really bad. Like, turnovers, not getting boards. Just look at them at the end of games and close games they lost. Luka out there being a Superman, but at this point, he getting triple teamed because that nigga's a walking bucket. What, what the heck is that nigga Porzingis doing? Eh. I don't know. Big time off for players, I think, hurt them more than it heals them when they come off injuries like that. Because he just do not look like the unicorn. Even though he helped them. No, they got ganged by the Knicks, right? Folks took a step back. Didn't Marky Morris hit that step back jumper? Yeah, you got ganged by Marcus Morris. You got to hold that. Yeah. And Knicks is a, and we gotta talk about the Knicks because that's a dumpster fire too. <laughs> yeah, Knicks definitely a dumpster fire. Not as bad as some other teams, but the reason I say not as bad as some other teams is the Knicks. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, excuse me, I'm playing the Star Wars game, but um, yeah, uh, it's just that Chris Taps. I don't, I don't know, bro. I don't know, bro. Yeah, they they looking really messy the past few games. I think they on a three game or two game losing streak. Like, let me see. Hold on. Uh, let's see. Oh wait. So hold on. Make sure I'm looking at this right. Oh yeah, they on a two game losing streak. Um, which is really unfortunate. But um, with Porzingis, those uh, I feel like that's a main part of why they haven't been as good. Like he started off pretty well. Like he wasn't like pretty well. He looked good, and then I guess it's weird when it comes to basketball. Like the rust just kicked in out of nowhere, and it's showing. Like the man had a four point game against the Knicks. Like they played the Knicks twice this week, twice. And you telling me that he, in one of those games he was gonna have four points? I have a Cadillac Deville in the junkyard that I would like to sell you want to take it but yeah he's just looking bad and like and I think Luca being so ball dominant because the nigga's literally stat line is ridiculous but like literally the man's averaging day near triple double this year and uh but I feel like he's his ball Luca's ball dominance may be hindering Porzingis in a way because Porzingis isn't like a He's seven three, but he's more of a he wants to play in the in the perimeter more than the pep in the paint. And Luca pretty much runs the paint in a way where it's just like Jesus Christ. I mean the perimeter where it's just like Jesus Christ. Well, Porzingis, you might have to go here to get your touches and stuff. Which is not he's not naturally wants to play there. Now, he can play there, but it's not like his natural place, if that makes sense. So to me, Luca may have to take some of the ownership in it. Like, yeah, his stats look beautiful, but as some of these losing efforts, those beautiful stats is holding back Porzingis. And as pretty much the team's primary point guard and maybe only point guard, he Luca has to do a better job getting Porzingis involved in the offense. And I'm gonna put some of that on Rick Carlisle because yes, you can use That's a Porzingis. coach with an untouchable job, by the way, for Very. some period. And he's well, he's a really good coach too. Like I know, I'm just saying that really good job is untouchable, bro. Yeah, so he ain't going nowhere no time soon. But uh, Rick Carlisle just I don't like. I feel like the offense shouldn't be extremely ball dominant. No matter how good Luca is, I feel like he don't need to be extremely ball dominant. And this may be also why I feel like some people said they should tr- they should have traded for Chris Paul. Because of the fact that Luca doesn't need to be holding the ball the way he do. Because he's, if I had to look up his usage rate, I'm pretty sure it's ridiculous. Because if you average a triple-double, that means you're getting the rebounds, plus bringing the ball up the court, plus you're scoring. So you have the right to say, I'm not passing you the ball at all. Most of the time when I have the ball. Because he's averaging 27. Which is ridiculous, um, hmm. but either way, I feel like Luca has to take some of the fall for Porzingis' struggles. Like I feel like he's not really getting him involved in the system as well as he should, 
which also like if I had to put a pecking order on whose fault it is for Porzingis, he'll be number two. I'm putting Luca number one, then Porzingis, and then I'm put Rick Carlisle for just making just saying Luca do what the hell you want with the offense, and that's normally not like him. They normally have a very smart system where everybody's involved, and I feel come playoff time, this is not that's it's not going to win them games come playoff time. If they make it. Yeah, if they do make it. Because like, when they play actually good teams, like let's just use the Lakers as an example. As fire of a game that was, once mm-hmm. they started getting, like once they just say, you know what, focus on Luka, you really couldn't do much. Like they really had problems scoring. Luka had problems scoring. And it makes shows the flaws in the offense because it's just like he's so damn ball dominant. So that's just me looking at it uh, with the Mavericks, but definitely agree. Porzingis looks mid, very mid, especially this past week, week and a half. So do better, Porzingis, or this team is not going to prosper, not going to prosper at all. But let's go ahead and head east. Um, let's go ahead and talk about Boston before we talk about the dumpster fire known as New York Knicks. Um, go ahead. Boston slap hard that team. You see what happens when you take an ISO. Uh, out of a team who don't need to be like you know dominated by ISOs, like it's 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 you do well, you know it's 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 doing real good, yeah. Um, I it's Kimba Walker's looking good. Um, crazy thing is this is Kimba Walker's longest win streak in his whole entire career. That's wild. Um, <laughs> wild. It's extremely wild. I go against another fucking ram again in this goddamn game. <laughs> but you know, Kimba looking nice. Um, I'm sorry, I got an itch in my head. Kimba's looking nice. Um, Jalen Brown looking like that money, which is crazy. Uh, started off slow in the season, but now he's picking up. Jason Tatum, like, um. And they bench doing what they best need to do without talking. Don't really haven't really been seeing that much of Enos Cancer because I'm pretty sure he's defense. And they're able to close out tough games. Like last night, I was waiting for them against the Warriors, bro. You don't understand. But um, they didn't. So shout out to them for that. Um, but I was waiting, bro. I, I want the Boston Celtics not to have. Un- and, and this is the thing. Unfortunately, the number one team in the East is not the one we expected, right? Mm-hmm. We all thought it was going like, to be Philly or the Bucks. Exactly, and it turns out to be neither. Yeah, it's shocking. Um, before we get to the mother niggas, um, like, like if y'all know me, I hate the Boston Celtics as a franchise. It was tough for me to root for them at times because I love Kyrie. And then I'm not, I'm like, Jason Tatum's cool to me. Like, I, I feel like he can be a really good player. Um, also, he's averaging 20. Like, they have four dudes averaging, I think three dudes averaging 20. Like, Kimba, Tatum, and Jalen Brown. And I argued with my cousin early in the season that Jalen Brown cannot average 20. And he is. Hopefully, he can hold on to it as the season goes on. But. Either way, uh, but they look really good. They look freaking good. Like they're winning tough games. 
like they had a fair share of close games throughout the season. Like they like they opened in the season against the Raptors was a close game. The game against they had the Bucks was a they had to come back against the Bucks and won that game. Um, like they're looking really freaking good. Like the and even with the game against the Warriors last night, like you know, like to me, if the perfect world for me, how that game would have ended would have been Bane coming onto the court and just saying, "Uh, you remember what I did on the uh to the to that football team on Batman? Yeah, it's reality now, niggas." But that didn't happen. But they look, even though they shouldn't have a close game against the goddamn Golden State Warriors, you shouldn't. But I they, just got beat by Sean Blackman on fucking Star Wars. Like, what the, I mean, Steve Blackman. This nigga had two lightsaber kendo sticks or whatnot and literally beat the dog crap out of him. You know how, like, you know how it was a big brawl and all thing. And them niggas literally, them niggas literally came in like Steve Blackman started doing his little title stick thing, little move maneuver. I'm like, get my ass, can I move? Oh, my God. Oh, Yo, dude, oh, moved up like this. First of all, I ain't no bitch. Uh... <laughs> Up to you, like hey, a little bit. You got that nice little lifesaver. Yeah. I thought I was gonna get a little, you know, a jump and square attack. This nigga was like, Hope, and then just worse behavior in my shit. Like, oh my god, that's wild. <laughs> that man was wild. <laughs> oh, now it's, I gotta go all the way back, and I just got done fighting a f- That's wild. <sighs> if you want more of Daytrail's, uh. You want his reactions and thoughts of Star Wars? Uh, listen to Black Otaku's uh, once that drops this weekend. But, um, but yeah, back to the Celtics. Like they look freaking good. Um, I still hate this franchise with a passion, but and I really hate the fact they got players I actually like. Like I like Kimba, I like Jason Tatum, and also Gordon Hayward was looking really good before he got hurt, and he got a hand. Yeah. Injury. Wouldn't that make four players averaging money? I think Jason. Hold on, what is it, Jason? Hold, not Jason. Tim Gordon Hayward. Um, let me look because he he was going through a stretch where it was like Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. let's see, what the hell, Hayward? There you go. Gordon Hayward, eighteen point nine. Yeah, he was averaging eighteen point nine before he got hurt. But like, what is that? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I ran away from something. That nigga jumped by me. I didn't know it could jump. <laughs> pull pull up. But uh, no, you good. But yeah, like the Celtics offensively is definitely one of the better teams in the league. Offensively, uh shout out to Brad Stevens literally turning what like making his offense turn to what it really should have been. Because you gotta think about it, like when he first got there, he, he literally had Isaiah Thomas, little Zeke, literally looked like a MVP candidate. You get Kyrie. The first season went really good before Kyrie's knee said adios. But I feel like this offense prof- prospers the best when you do- when you have a very ball friendly point guard with a lot of perimeter talent around it. Because you have four dudes averaging close. At this point, Jason, I mean, Gordon Hayward is averaging 20. You're having four dudes who's averaging 20. That's 80 points right there. You just need other niggas to just give you something and play serviceable enough defense. And they getting my props. Like, Boston's looking mm-hmm. really freaking good. 
um, like really freaking good. I'm pretty sure Terry Rozier is somewhere. Oh, well, we know where he's at. He's in freaking, well, then again, he's not the main reason why the Hornets are good. That's what, well, I wouldn't say good. Why the Hornets are cool right now. They're cool. They're cool. So, but I'm sure he would love to be in Boston right now and being on a 10-1 team. I'm sure he would love that. But if they had Rozier, I don't think they'd have been as good. I think Kimba makes a hell of a difference. Kimba does all the right things that uh that this team needs in terms of with the offense. And then if you need a clutch shot, you go on to Kimba. So you're not losing much in terms of who's closing out games for him. Because Kimba can literally start the game with eight points and then end the game with 20. Just that simple. So shout out to the Celtics, though. Uh, anything else you want to about these niggas? Nah, shout out to Brad Stevens. Uh, I don't know if this is one of the rare occasions we were ever on this podcast say Danny Ainge was right, but I'm guessing he was right. Um, trade him. I mean, Kyrie leaving turns out to be the best decision for this team. And you love to see it. Definitely do. Um, but, yeah, so moving on. That's uh, Well, you briefly brought up, like, the shock that who's on the top of the East because right now – the East is Boston, Miami, Milwaukee, Toronto, and the shock of it all is Philly. Philly is seven and five. Uh, thing is, dang, they're they're five and one in the East. So it's not the fact that they're playing. They uh, it's just they've been playing a lot of Western Conference teams to start the season, but and they're on a two-game losing streak. Philly is just an interesting case because I just feel like they need shooting badly, more shooting, and at least let it come off the bench because Ben Simmons still refused to shoot threes, and Joel and B kind of came back down to earth after freaking fighting Cat, which was kind of stupid on his end. Cause, uh, but I still believe Philly is still a threat come playoff time of the East, but what do they need to do to you? Philly? Yeah. Get a shooter? Definitely agree. That's it. They they ain't got no shooters. That's the bad thing that's going on with this team. I'm going to get my shit pushed in by a black stormtrooper. But they have really nothing going on with this team that involves shooting. Um, And I was talking to my homies again. This season comes down to what you're going to do when you eventually fell in the playoffs because of the lack of truth, and you have two contracts that's going to be hard to get rid of because a person like a person like Al Horford, yeah, you probably get rid of because he's getting, he, he is a great, great player. Joel B is your franchise. So you look at two people in which between Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons that you're going to look at, that you're going to have to ship at this point. And I was saying, like, you might want to think about doing that now. Um, when December hit, or after December hit, when it's time you got the okay to trade pieces, because uh, the thing about the the haul of shooters you can get for Ben Simmons from certain teams, think about you can look, bro. That nigga, what's that nigga name? That little point guard they got coming off the bench, Cork Moss. Man, look, bro, you can do some stuff with Cork Moss, bro. Um, so uh, I I don't really think. Um, that that team is can win a chip now. I, 
On paper, yeah, five All-Stars, man. They got the deepest team. Ain't nobody shooting threes. And that's the name of the game. We knew that one go. How Ben Simmons is not shooting. And his stats are shallow and pedantic. And, like, so what's the what's the goal? Um, how's that offense going to run with the whole paint is swarmed by Philadelphia Sixers? You're going to get, like, probably on transition, they're probably Good. Jesus and Christ, then they probably made shoot at 55% from the free throw line. Who? Ben Simmons. Unheard of, bro. Shit. <laughs> wow. That's all I can say in regards to that. Is yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then it don't help that Tobias Harris is shooting horrible from three. Yeah, like, they need shooting. Scared to shoot from three two. Like, he ain't scared. He can actually shoot. It's just nigga shooting twenty five percent, which is horrible. Yeah, Dog, like, this stupid ass black. That nigga giving you hands, G. Dog, Steve Blackman over here penetrating, bro. <laughs> Steve Blackman. <laughs> I'm sorry for the curse in this episode. I apologize. You hey, feel stupid, bro. It happens, but uh, but yeah, like Philly, like it's just like watching them. If they don't get to a good start, because defensively they're pretty good. It's just they're like a team. Okay, it's like you have a team on my league, your my league team on two K, and you have absolutely no shooting. You don't have nobody with easy shot release, so it's just like, damn. All I gotta do is shoot these layups, and eventually the game. Way how smart two K is this year, the computer's gonna sit there and be like, we double dog dare you to shoot that damn three. Double dog dare. So that's Philly. You can't do nothing. <laughs> it's like teams just gonna just start piling up the paint, piling up the paint. For one, which is going to frustrate Joel and B because literally, for one, the man legit prospers best when he's in the paint, and nobody can stop him when he's in the damn paint. And but he has to play more on the outside. I'm pretty sure he's shooting horrible from three as well because he got to shoot them. He's well. If I was telling you, Miss, I mean Joel and B is the best three point shooter on this team again. The man is shooting forty percent, bro. Wow. Joel Embiid does not need to be shooting. He's like, that's really good. Like, that's freaking good. Joel Embiid does not need to be your best three-point shooter. And I said this before during the season preview. Joel Embiid cannot be the team's best shooter. He does not need... The team is going to be the most effective when his big ass is in the block. And Ben Simmons can at least be some. If Ben Simmons could shoot a corner three, and they could use Ben Simmons when he doesn't have the ball on offense, and they just treat him like PJ Tucker, and you just when you, the ball's not in your hand, he make us a corner three. That's all we ask. Not even a three, a corner mid range. Can we get that from you? Like, gee, it'd be a hell of a difference. Like a hell of a difference, G. But. But yeah, like, I like I still believe Philly can do like they can still make the finals. I think come playoff time they can figure it out. But if they're gonna keep this team current as currently constructed, as currently constructed, and Josh Richardson I think is a better shooter than 
and he's shooting horrible from three. Um, and Josh Richardson was to find his shot, and Tobias Harris to find his shot, and nullify the they don't got no shooters uh, take because at least then you have four <laughs> being Harris, Richardson, Cork Moss, and Mike Scott. You at least have four who will be in your rotation. And Al Horford. Al Horford can shoot too, but I'm not relying on him to shoot for me. That's the thing. Hmm. So, but if I think by Christmas, if they don't have it figured out, you're going to have to make a move. And especially since there is a guy who could shoot, it's off the market. And this is the perfect time to go ahead and talk about Carmelo Anthony being a blazer. Perfect time. Hey, one of the best highlights of, was it day before yesterday? Uh, Thursday. Yep, Thursday. Carmelo Anthony not being a free agent. Excuse me. Carmelo Anthony not being a free agent. You know, uh, it shows it was crazy. Earlier, I think last season, Dame said something about how it was bogus that Carmelo Anthony not on the team. And then it was like, well, you bring him to the Blazers. He was like, no, nah, I like Dame. Well, guess what, bruv? He's Guess what, blood? He's your man. <laughs> he's your man. Now, um, that's cool, though. I like the fact that he's on the team. Insert video of uh, White Sash. We got shooters here. Um, uh, we got shooters! Hassan <laughs> <laughs> uh, Whiteside won't probably be a blazing season for Hassan Whiteside. Um, well, yeah, that's cool. What the fucking. That. that Freaking front court gonna be uh cooked on pick and rolls like cook cook. They already been getting cooked like, on pick and rolls. It's gonna be worse. <laughs> it's gonna unless you throw white side on the bench, you know what to do. You can't because when, um, uh what's when, when boy, your face uh, come back yet. His leg is still prior, his leg still look like a boomerang, so Yeah, I know that was really effed up, but um, oh, that was horrible. Yeah, but uh, get well though, Yerkich. Um, but uh, it, I feel like it was a move the Blazers had to make. You lost Zach Collins, um, who was your best front court scorer, because once again, I don't trust Whiteside in the paint offensively. I just don't, never do. Um, so you have um, getting mellow pretty much fixes your power forward situation for the time being. I still believe you make a move for uh, Kevin Love. You just in just in terms of you need consistent. Uh, it's gonna be even cooked more. Get out the kitchen, nigga! Get out the kitchen, man. But yeah, All y'all man. fucking do is eat. Y'all ate four things. Hey man, y'all ate grilled cheese. Y'all ate noodles. And you ate noodles twice. And you ate. Oh, twice. But yeah, so uh, moving on uh, back to the. Uh, but yeah, like I, I still believe giving Kevin Love will help. Yeah, defensively, uh, it will be horrible. But Kevin Love hasn't looked that bad defensively this year on the Cavaliers. He's looking. He looks revitalized. So all that sitting out he did uh, last year really benefited. Um. But he looks really good. Um, 
defensively. He's like he, I would say at least Kevin Love tries on defense. He puts effort, <laughs> and that's all you kind of can ask for. And it's not a lot of fours that he's gonna have to go against in the West anyway. When you think about it, mm-hmm. like the best four you're gonna see on any given night would be outside the Lakers and the Clippers because you're gonna see on like. But um, nobody. Paul Millsap. It's probably somebody I'm just not putting no respect on their name. But Paul Millsap's the only power forward who's worth a damn on the on, uh, actual power forward on the West I can think of. Jeremy Grant. So yeah, people not worth a damn. So you don't really have to worry about much. Um, but yeah, so. Good move for like I'm happy to see Melo on a team. He's I'm sure he's gonna take advantage of the moment. He knows it's his final chance. Do what you gotta do, Melo. Hoop out. Um just I hope he's looked he's used he's seen Dwight Howard just do what he do with the Lakers, play a role, get buckets, be a smart defender, be a veteran president Bro, for what the the fuck? And shout out to Star Wars, G. Shout out to Star Wars. But yeah, so um, anything else you want to add about that before uh, we go into wrestling? No, you all right. said it all. Yep. So oh yeah, and before I say anything else, if the Knicks fire David Fisdale, uh, they can hold these Nuggets forever and keep David Fisdale away from the Chicago Bulls if that do happen. Until Garpex <laughs> is out of my out of my city, uh, mm. crucified on the cross. So um. But yeah, so moving on, uh, let's go ahead and get into wrestling. Pretty cool week in terms of wrestling. Uh, AEW had their first pay per view. Uh, Jordan Miles growled at us, and uh, overall, and we're well onto the road to Survivor Series here in Chicago that we're not going to be at, unfortunately. But unfortunately, very unfortunately. But hey, if we was if there was happened to be a meet and greet. We may try to slide. That's the most we can probably do is try to slide on a meet and greet. If we can hit a meet and greet, I'm gonna look around and see what's going on in terms of what they're doing. If we can hit a meet and greet, that's the best we can probably do. But we gotta at least try to hit something up. But anyway, so uh, let's go ahead and talk about Jordan Miles for fine probably the final time. Like well, this is the last time you're gonna hear Jordan Miles. <laughs> no, not well, he's a he's a 15 time AEW champion. Then at that point you're not getting AEW coverage <laughs> from this wrestling podcast. We will you will get more NWA coverage and impact wrestling coverage from us than you will get AEW if ACH which is we'll get to that. Mm, well, we'll Don't say that for later. If that guy Oh, the super. Don't forget the super. Don't forget the super. Don't forget the super. <laughs> oh, I'm mad. I should have freaking uh, screen recorded that shit just so I could just play it on here to be butthole. Just so we could mm-hmm. butthole over analyze mm-hmm. it. But, um, but yeah, G. Um, so, Jordan Miles, what was it? Friday? Thursday? No, Thursday. It was Thursday. So, no, it was Wednesday because I was off. So, uh, Jordan Miles made two videos got live on twitter i keep forgetting twitter has a live aspect uh they got to deal with periscope so uh jordan miles found himself getting on live 
Once again, anytime a celebrity goes live, it's probably not a good thing. Um, but after Jordan Miles went live, he was quiet for like what a minute of it, and then some. And then he was about to say something. Shout out to the person who threw this comment because they—that means nobody was commenting for that to be seen that easily. And he, somebody called him my Uncle Tom, and that nigga growled. That nigga growled of anger and disgust. And then just turned the live off, I think. So then, 10 minutes later, I believe, 10 or 20 minutes later, he goes back on live and actually goes on his rant. And pretty much says he's quitting the WWE. Pretty much saying he's not going to show up to no events. Let's just put it that way. Because you don't, you can't just quit. Uh, Vince McMahon is not letting nobody go. And on top of that, bro, it makes, like, gee, you're on a contract. Sorry, you can stay your ass home. And not get paid. And not work no shows. So. Um, but. Uh, pretty much he says he's quitting. WWE's races. Blase, blase, blah. And pretty much everything we know about the wrestling business. As of pretty much 2019. Um, and. Also that he. That Jordan Miles is his slave name. And he's going by ACH. A- AKA Super ACH. Don't forget the super nigga. And for all of that, we pretty much got nothing. Uh, a lot of black people who did support him did start turning on him because it's just like the main purpose of it all is what was your purpose? Like you did not gain nothing from this. Absolutely nothing. You're pretty much about to sit at home and do nothing, but probably play WWE 2K19. God forbid you bought 20. Um, you're just sitting there doing nothing. Nothing at all. Like, there has been black wrestling media people, me included. Daytro may not, would not want to do the interview. You know, I would probably encourage him to do so to trigger him, and we need content to do the podcast with us to talk about the situation, G. There's been multiple who would be open to talking to you, Jordan Miles. You have not talked to nobody but your damn self. And. Now people is playing a mental illness card. If his mental health is in danger, prayers to him. But to me, the man did all of this for no end game, and he got to hold that L, big time. And that's I guess he was thinking like there was gonna be route reports, seeing and he was gonna become a big, big name off of this. But it's like, dog, this is not the NBA. This is not the NFL. Nigga got exiled from the NFL. Nothing happened afterwards because of some racial injustice stuff, bro. And you mean to tell me that you think you're doing this to WWE? Uh, I, for everybody who knows, is a kid show, bro. You mean to tell me that you think they're going to they gonna people are gonna like sad with you because of that. Ain't it? Ain't it? Exactly, bro. Like, he, he he <laughs> you must have finally uh whooped dude ass. Yes, I did. Hey, go crazy. But but yeah, like I definitely agree. He thought something was, more was gonna come out of it, and nothing did. And now you're looking to me is just a lot more foolish in the light. Just me, and 
I feel like if he if he was to capitalize on it the way he would, he would have been on NXT all along. I feel like mm-hmm. something must have happened because you just don't win that tournament and nothing comes out of it. Nothing. It, that's that's the thing. It's like you did something. It wasn't just a T-shirt. You did something. Leo Rush legit told the company to hold my nuggets and told good people backstage, hold my nuggets. They sent him home for like three weeks and he came back and won it and, and is on NXT every week with a belt. You got a chance to fight Adam Cole. Roman Reigns hasn't even got a chance to touch Adam Cole. And he's the face of the company. Come on now, G. You did something. And the fortunate thing is, when it comes to wrestling, especially now that they near, uh, they have a podcast now. Shout out to uh, Corey Graves. Heard this really well. I haven't listened to an episode yet, but I heard this really well. Somebody's going to tell it all. Oh, NWW backstage exists, and that could be a funny way to bring it up. But he's going, like, he's holding this L. And also, you know that Cedric Alexander hasn't been on TV the past couple weeks. Yeah. Cedric Alexander lost a push because of this nigga. But <laughs> you know who has secured the bag because of all of this? Isaiah Swerve Scott. Shout out to Isaiah Swerve, G. Shout out to Isaiah Swerve, G. He's been on NXT with the past two, four weeks. Legit put on great matches. And you got to hold that, G. Isaiah Swerve took your push. He took it, ran with it, literally gets a decent little crowd reaction consistently, and doesn't dress like a substitute teacher who wears, who has a, who's a sneakerhead. <laughs> Shout out to Isaiah Swerve, G. Jordan Miles, growl your way on this couch. I'm probably going to tag you in this episode because hopefully you do listen if your Twitter's uh, de- uh once you deact unactivate your, I mean activate your Twitter again, so. Hold that, G. He deactivated it? I think he deactivated it. Or he blocked us. One of the two. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, he deactivated it. We would have been blocked. They would have told us we blocked. True. But he had to hold that, G. That's all I got to say in regards to that. Um, But, yeah. um, Oh, yeah. CM Punk is back as well. Uh, with, Well, in a weird way, CM Punk is back. So... CM Punk debuted on the end of WWE Backstage uh, on Fox on FS1. Um, And pretty much, let's just put it this way. Those wrestling fans who chanted CM Punk on live shows every other day legit changed their tune and called the man a sellout. And this goes back to how goofy the wrestling community is. And I kind of blame AEW. You niggas just don't know what the hell y'all want. Y'all are like that indecisive weirdo kid at the candy store and just want to be head asses, G. Y'all are never satisfied, G. And it's tough. But I'm glad to see CM Punk back. Um, I'm looking at it more as just more of a TV role with WWE backstage than actually work for the company. But Vince McMahon either way is signing a check to the man. Uh, but that means he's in decent enough terms. And just like everybody who ever has problems with this big man, they always come crawling back. It's like, like crawling. They come back with a firm handshake. 
nice little handshake. So yeah, nice handshake. <laughs> I'm sorry, I apologize. Here's back, by the way. Mm-hmm. And literally, and leave it at that. I'm glad to see CM Punk back. Uh, definitely glad to see him back. So uh, anything you want to add? No, that's what's up. Either way it goes, it's what's what's up. Yep. So, and it's gonna make uh backstage a lot more uh a lot more uh what's the word I'm looking for. More easily tuned. I'm gonna be more tuned into it. You know, I said it to record, but I'm I actually instead of just skim through the episodes, may actually watch it. So, but let's go ahead and uh recap this week in wrestling. Um, we'll I'm gonna breeze through what happened in Full Gear. Um, since that did start the wrestling week last week. Um, so for those that give a damn, uh, Chris Jericho beat Cody Rhodes. Um, it. It ended with uh, Chris Jericho winning by TKO, if that makes sense, because uh, Cody Rose had MJF throw a flat, throw a towel in. Well, not well. MJF threw the towel in on Cody uh, because he was getting his ass beat, pretty much. So, plain and simple, nothing special there. Um, Kenny Omega and John Moxley had pretty much one of the most unnecessary violent matches of all time. People got a nerve to call it a classic. You niggas is capping. Um, see, the Young Bucks fought Santana Ortiz. Santana Ortiz won. Uh, Riho fought Emi Sakura. Riho won. Uh, Pac beat Hangman Page again. Wait, no, Hang pa- Hangman Page won again. That was a that probably was stupid. the best match of the night. Um, stupid though. I don't see why AJ never lost, but hey. Yeah, I know. But uh, then they had. They had a run back on AEW and he won. See, so it serves no purpose. Um, SCU beat Lucha House. I mean, I almost called these niggas Lucha House Party. And forgive me, Lucha Bros. I, I respect you niggas. So, uh, SCU beat Lucha Bros in private party. Uh, Sean Spears and Joy Janela. Nobody gives a fucking damn about that match. And Britt Baker and Bia Presley, I forgot who won that match, honestly. Um, and then it's not showing the results, and nor do I give a fuck. Um, but overall, um, watching the highlights of Full Gear, cool pay per view for their first pay per view was cool. It was cool. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, the highlight of it was to me the uh, the Pac versus Hangman Page match. That was the highlight to me. Like it was cool. Um. But yeah, so moving on to Raw this week, uh, Becky Lynch opened up Raw, challenging to the Kabuki Warriors um, to come out for a match. Um, pretty much her and Charlotte tag team fight the Kabuki Warriors to open up Raw. That w- this was a fun match, really fun yeah. match. Um, Kabuki Warriors won, of course, uh, due to distraction by Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler pretty much... Uh, uh, yeah, they pretty much fought each other, I believe. Oh wait, Bailey came out and they uh and they pretty much fought each other. Um, Sin Cara versus Drew McIntyre. Oh yeah, didn't Sin Cara quit this week? Yeah. So, shout out to Sin Cara. Uh, pretty much going to AEW for no reason. Uh, mm. if he was smart, he'd just go to Impact. Um, but that's just me looking at it. But hey, uh, Sin Cara fought Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre won. Very quick match. Um, 
then our truth fought the Singh brothers for no reason. And then Seth Rollins walked backstage. I don't think much happened with this. Oh, yeah, Seth Rollins, because they're in Manchester. So Seth Rollins came out to the ring. Then Walter and them, them Imperium niggas pulled up where we get a great fun match between Walter and Seth Rollins, which ended in mm-hmm. disqualification, where, which led to the match restarting with Imperium versus Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and the Street Profits. Really good match. Um, Seth Rollins won. Uh, Seth Rollins pretty much won with the curb stomp. Oh, Cedric Alexander was on Raw this week. I don't know why I felt like he wasn't on there, but uh, this was a quick match. Uh, Andrade pretty much, literally, I don't know how I forgot this, but Andrade pretty much whooped his ass. That's what you get for supporting Super ACH. Get your ass beat. Um, But yeah, so then we get a Lana versus Lash. I mean, Lana and Lashley situation at this point. Uh, All I'm going to say is Lana is a butthole for pretty much... Uh, saying that she wasn't this one when she said she could be pregnant. Was that last week? I guess it was last week. I don't know. I'm over that story. Yeah, at this point, the story is like dragging on. Um, but... it was fun at first, but no, like one on one match with Rusev, which McCullough, not even on Raw, just heard this storyline. Yeah, like at this point, you they have to fight. One on one, like it's getting to the point where you're doling it out just with these promos. Um, Eric Rowan fought some nigga named Soner Dunson. Eric Rowan won. I guess Eric Rowan getting the mini push. You kind of have to, like you, like he had that big push on SmackDown. Then you actually drafted the man. You have to show him. You have to showcase him. So. And he could be, a, and I feel like at the very best, he can be a good monster mid card type guy. At the very best. So, um, the Viking Raiders fought uh, Flash Morgan and Mark Andrews. The Viking Raiders ran rough shot on these niggas, even though they actually let them get offense in. So, and plus these dudes is with NXT UK, right? So they wasn't average jobbers. So they actually put respect. No, that match, that match hit hit. Yeah, it was a, it was like a quick sprint, but like that's what I mean. Like they gave him some offense, so it was a quick sprint. Um, yeah. Then pretty much we got the OC versus Randy Orton, Ricochet, and Humberto Carrillo. I think that main evented. This was actually a very fun match. It was a good match. Um, pretty much they played off the story that Ricochet and Randy Orton don't trust each other a lot. It ended with uh. Randy or thinking about uh, RKO and Ricochet, but he ended up doing AJ Styles dirty. Um, overall, it was a good, fun match, good finish. Um, and then, yeah, that was it for pretty much Raw this week. Um, let's, let me do AEW first. Uh, so I actually watched this episode AEW in full. Overall, it was one of their better shows that I've actually watched from start to finish. Um, it opened up with John Moxley beating up some nigga named Michael Nakazawa. I don't know who the hell it was, but it was pretty much a, a jobber match. So, John Moxley won. Then he proceeds to talk for 10 minutes about nothing. And he pretty much left the open challenge saying, who wants to fight me next? Um, Moving on, the Dark Order fought the Jurassic Express. Uh, I'm slowly becoming a 
if amongst the tag teams in AEW, I'm pretty much starting to like the Dark Order. I kind of like the gimmick. So, um, but they beat the Jurassic Express, which led to Luchasaurus coming back because I didn't know he was even injured. Um, then Sean Spears versus Peter Avalon versus Darby Allen. This was a pointless fake throw off triple threat match. Um, because Sean Spears was taken out the match because, um, Joey Janela popped up. So, uh, Darby Allen ended up winning. He proceeds to challenge, um, John Moxley next week, um, just to get his ass beat. Nyla Rose finally comes back to TV to fight some thick white woman and uh pretty much manhandled her. Legit manhandled her. her. Um then Awesome Kong and Brandy Rose comes out to cut uh some random white woman's hair. At this point, if that is the gimmick, keep it. And that's all. Um then MJF and Chris Jericho recreated the uh, promo between Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens, but not. It started off cool, then it got really fucking corny, really freaking corny. And also AEW, please stop the uh, cussing just to cuss because a lot of times it just comes off lame. It just really freaking comes out lame as hell. It just do. That's just me looking at it. Um, but. It was a cool promo that went left pretty fast. Hangman Page versus Pac, where Pac won again. Um, then Santana and Ortiz beat the hell out the Young Bucks. In a way, I feel like this kind of roped the Young Bucks out the show because they legit beat the daylights out of them. Then it ended with a tease, a private party wanting to fight a private party uh, saving. I wouldn't even call it saving, but Preventing more damage to the Young Bucks, let's put it that way. Um, then, for some odd reason, and this is where the win loss record with AEW gets a little head ass. So, because Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara were undefeated as a tag team, they are eligible to be the number one contenders for the tag team championships. So, they proceed to fight, so yeah, they fight SCU. Good match, by the way. Scorpio Sky might be one of the best black wrestlers I've seen uh, in terms of in-ring action. He's really good. Um, but, but yeah, overall, the match was cool. Uh, of course, they, uh, of course, SCU wins. Um, and then uh, Chris Jericho pretty much went crazy, started uh, throwing shit, up, tearing shit apart. Uh, and that's how the show ended. By pretty much Chris Jericho snapping and tearing stuff up and grabbing a chair and just legit hitting the ring for no reason. That's how AEW ended. And for me to and like you heard my negative criticism, take that as in it was a cool episode with its fair share of bullshit. Um, so yeah, so NXT freaking slapped this week, slapped. Like, probably the best show between all the wrestlings this week. AEW probably had the best show in my eyes. Um, but, and this is where Daytra can talk again because I know he hates AEW. But, um, Leo Rush, uh, fought Angel Garza for the Cruiserweight belt. Leo Rush won. Uh, great match. Really good match. Mm-hmm. Um, anything you want to add about it? Nope. Slapper of a match. Yeah. Also, I like the finish because that nigga uh, Leo Rush hit a frog splash on that man while he was bended, 
bend it over. Like that was pretty funny as hell. Uh, then this is also the narrative of this episode of NXT. It was oh no, I won't say the narrative, but this episode eight uh NXT was sponsored by Broken Noses, so, and it starts here. Uh, Zia Lee beat it Aaliyah. Uh, after freaking kicking her so hard in the face where she broke her nose and they kind of had to hurt up in the match um yeah pretty messy then this was that was a mess that was a crazy ass kick <laughs> she kicked the hell out of it G. <laughs> anything you would add about that Wait, what match we talking about again the Zia Lee uh, Leah match dog Leah's bad as heck dog Very. Zia Lee bad as heck very. Uh, but yeah, that kick was like it hurt. It hurt like a motherfucker. She broke her nose. Did you see Leah's face? Like, she yeah. took a picture. Like, she bust her shit. Um, but yeah. Then uh, Finn Balor comes out, cutting the promo, saying Johnny Gargano's uh, pretty much pussy. Um, then he pretty much said, then Matt Riddle comes out. Um, Matt Riddle comes out. They pretty much at this point it's confirmed that they're going uh matt riddles replacing gargano to fight finn balor at nxt takeover um but matt riddle proceeds to chase finn balor around the ring ends up surrounded by undisputed era it was smooth how they pulled up they pulled up so freaking smooth g that was a smooth pull up and uh they were about to jump matt riddle then uh keith lee and uh Champa came out for the save, which led to Keith Lee uh, challenging Roderick Strong. Really freaking good match. Really freaking good match, but once again, it's Roderick Strong. Yeah. The Messiah of the Backbreaker. That nigga. Roderick Strong. But yeah, good match. Um, Keith Lee won, of course, because he's a real ass nigga. Also, I didn't know Keith Lee was 35 years old. I thought Ooh. he was younger than that. But most niggas in wrestling is older than they look. Um, but yeah, Undisputed Era pulled up after the match to say, and which led to Dominic Djokovic. I think I pronounced his name right. He makes the save and pretty much takes the uh, what would have been the final spot for Ciampa's War Games team. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That pretty much, uh, they somebody, uh, Finn Balor threw a wrench in that, uh, plan right away. But, um, so yeah. Then, uh, we see Jasmine Duke, Maria Schaffer, and Candice Ray getting their ass, got their ass beat. Uh, Muggs don't know who the hell it is. Um, at this point, because Ray Ripley, uh, and Tegan Knox got beat up earlier in the night. Uh, Isaiah Swerve fought Bronson Reed. Uh, I was a Bronson Reed fan until the nigga came out with on his ring gear and that shit said thick. You're a grown ass man, dog. That is all. But uh, shout out to Isaiah Swerve. Uh, as I, we previously mentioned, he took Jordan Miles' um, push. Shout out to you doing your thing. Uh, future North American champion. Go crazy, G. Um... Yeah, so then they announced Matt Riddle's officially facing Finn Balor at War Games, so he's out the uh, War Games match. Um, then Pete Dunne and Killian Dane 
was supposed to fight, but Damien Priest comes out and they just start beating the holy hell out of each other. Perfectly fine with that though, by the way. Like, um, so pretty much at this point, they're gonna that's gonna be a three way match at uh, War Games. Make no dis what? well, make that a no disqualification match. Well, most times it's always no disqualification, but let Damien Priest and who? Killian Dane. Oh. I would love to see that triple threat match at War Games. That's going to slap. Or they might just fight next week because depending on how you can't really throw a lot of matches in War Games since it's like four matches guaranteed. Um, But yeah. Then the uh, main event which was Mia Yim versus Io Shirai in the ladder match for advantage in the Women's War Games match. Um, This was a really really cool women's ladder match. We don't get a lot of these, by the way. Um, but it was a really cool women's ladders match. Uh, Mia Yim, uh, once again, this episode was sponsored by Broken Noses. Uh, possibly broke her nose during this match when me, Io Shirai, uh, when Mia Yim had the ladder over her face, Io Shirai literally jump kicked it into her face and probably broke her nose. But shout out to Mia Yim for finishing the match on top of it. And I think Io Shirai probably legit did damage her hand, like hurt her hand during this match too. Because that wasn't just the average sale of my hand is messed up. I think she legit couldn't use her uh, left hand or right hand during the match. But really good match. Io Shirai won. Um, Dakota Kai did come out for no reason. Because Kaylee, uh, just to get her ass beat by Kaylee Ray, the women's UK champion. And I think... Did they really confirm that Kaylee Ray is on Shayna Baszler's team yet? Or no? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they already confirmed it. Okay. Because I know Shayna Baszler needed one more person. So, Kaylee Ray uh, finalizes Shayna Baszler's uh, team and helping Io Shirai get the win. Uh, then, Bailey comes and beats the hell out of uh, Shayna Baszler and runs, runs off before uh, everybody beats her ass. So... That is how NXT ended. Overall, I really enjoyed NXT this week. It was the best show this week. Um, I didn't watch SmackDown at all yet. Um, anything you want to I watched a of it. Do you got a whatchamacallit? Yeah, I'm pulling it up now. So, I'm going to read it off because I'm not saying shit. So, SmackDown opened with Baron Corbin and... Uh, Baron Corbin, uh, Dolph Ziggler, and R- Robert Rue talking about Roman Reigns and Shorty G and Ali. They brought out a dog mascot dressed like Roman Reigns. And he came out entering to dogs barking Roman Reigns music. <laughs> that's kind of funny. That's pretty funny. So uh, that's how I opened. Mustafa Ali and Shorty G fought Dolph Ziggler and Robert Rue. Did you see the match? Uh, yeah, it was a really good match. Particularly the camera angles was really good on that match. Uh, there was one spot Mustafa Ali jumped out the um the what you would call it did a stage dive and then Bear Corbin tried to do some still in shot. Roman Reigns came out of nowhere and hit him with a spear. And I think another was was when um. Is when um, I think another cool shot like that. Uh, Baron Corbin tried to get in the ring, and Roman Reigns drop kick on the apron. Real good camera shots. 
that match was really good. It, it really helped a bad pro, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Okay. Uh, Braun Strowman beat up Drew Gulak in the B team. Yeah, Drew Gulak's a chopper. Um, that's is this Forrest Whitaker? Forrest Whitaker's in Star Wars. Forrest Whitaker and Star Wars. If, if, it, if it is Forrest Whitaker, it's the eye lazy. Like, how lazy is yes. that? That's how you know it's Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> Yo, G, screenshot it. G, just screenshot uh, that moment and throw it in the up. Uh... All right, but uh, yeah, so Drew Gulak is officially a jobber now because Braun Strowman been beating his ass the past since he's been on SmackDown. Um, Daniel Bryan pulled up on Sami Zayn saying, Where were you when I was getting my ass beat? Um,. <laughs> When uh, the Fiend came and beat my ass, um, so nothing really came much out of it. Um, then we got Bray Wyatt introducing the brand new Blue Universal Championship. It's really nice, like yeah. really nice. Like the blue, pretty much since it is on SmackDown's the blue brand, it makes sense for it to be blue, but it just looks better blue. Kind of gives a unique taste to it. Um. Then the New Day fought the Revival, which ended in uh, interference because the Undisputed Era came to beat everybody ass. Um, they put the Heavy Machinery, beat up some random jobbers from uh, whatever the hell they at. I think that match wasn't needed, but hey. It was just to get Heavy Machinery on TV. You know how they do. Um, but uh, quick, on the, so on WWE.com, Revival are... Very boring people, you know, to a lot of people in the community. Um, they're boring, other than like you know, me and a whole bunch of other white people who like them. But um, <laughs> they cut a really, really good promo. Com, really promo mm. um, to show that they got it, and hopefully they can do that again. Because mm. uh, those are really good freaking promo. I'll check really it out good. there. Uh, Bailey versus Nikki Cross. Um, pretty much this was a fight so Nikki Cross can join the women's ta- SmackDown's Women's Survivor Series team. Uh, once again, Shayna Baszler popped up and uh, pretty much got and Bailey ended up getting jumped by Rhea Ripley, Tegan Knox, and Dakota Kai. Mm. And <laughs> pretty much they jumped her ass. But uh, Sasha Banks, uh, Dana Brooke, and Carmella came out to save her. And Banks challenged NXT women to an eight-woman tag team match. Look at this. Uh, so Sasha Banks, Carmella, Dana Brooke, and Nikki Cross fought Rhea Ripley, Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, and Dakota Kai. Um, they beat them. Did you see the match? No, but I know they they who won. I don't think I think the NXT people should have won just because you kind of can get them over. Uh, NXT dude's been watching them. So it was like they kind of had to get a win somewhere. Like just to keep it consistent because you don't want to give the illusion that, oh, my God, these NXT dudes just been beating the holy hell out of them. Like I think that's to give it some balance. Um, Then Dan Brown popped up on Miz TV and he talked about his passion and mental instability uh, drove him to do desperate things. And he and Miz argued about why the Fiend attacked Dan Bryan until Fire Fun Firefly Funhouse popped up, and why it says 
Brian can have a shot at the Universal Belt. All he has to do is say yes. And he uh, did the yes chant with the puppets. Shout out to this. And, uh, but yeah, so that's how pretty much it ended with Dan Bryan accepting it. And I really am looking forward to this match on Survivor Series. This is going to be like, it's damn freaking Brian. Uh, people's going to be mad. This might be actually to get people to stop cheering for the Fiend. <laughs> Just so they can actually make him feel like a heel. If once he beats Daniel Bryan, uh, I feel like it has potential to be a good match. Daniel Bryan can't have a bad match. It's just going to be more along the lines of how are they about to nerf the Fiend from here on out? That's just me. So anything you want to add to it? No, I don't know. It's just, I guess to feed the Fiend some of the top talents, and then you have them drop, you know, to run. Somebody like, um, I just seen a Wookie. That thing looks terrifying. Uh, you had a thing get bodied by, like, you know, I mean, beat up top trying to make him seem invincible. Do you have him either drop the belt to Roman or somebody other than Roman? But, uh, oh, you know, swallow baby face, and you know, to beat the odds type thing at Mania. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm bad at it, but yeah, SmackDown seemed cool. I'm end up watching it some point for the before Monday probably. But overall, decent solid wrestling from this week. Um, didn't watch NWA Power this week like I planned to, but it's on YouTube if you want to watch it. It's available on Tuesdays. But uh, overall, good week in terms of wrestling. Um, let's see, Survivor Series is next week. Um, are we gonna record? How are we gonna do that? We wanna uh just record on Sunday next week or still stick to what we've been doing? We'll probably record on Sunday next week. Alright, so the podcast we dropping a little later. Next week's podcast gonna drop a little bit later since the virus series, so you get live takes. Um but appreciate you guys for listening. A little longer episode, so you guys should be grateful, my niggas. Uh but we appreciate giving you the content. Appreciate the new followers on the threes from the ring page. Shout out to the people reacting to getting mad at us. Uh, and all of that is greatly appreciated. And make sure you do follow us at Twitter at threes from the ring. Three S from the ring is greatly appreciated on the real. Uh, and make sure if you ever, whatever, however you listen to this podcast, Apple podcast, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, any other uh, network, whatever, follow, subscribe, and then share. Sharing is caring on the real. If you care about us, share. Tell your homeboys, listen on the real. Uh, but definitely appreciate your support from all of you guys on the reels. Greatly appreciate it. But we out of here for n- till next week. Peace. Avivazan!